Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas so you can grow beyond difficult transitions and evolve from those challenging moments that may have influenced your past but will not define your future. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve as we teach you the exact skills needed to attract and keep a lasting, emotionally healthy and conscious relationship. Now, please welcome your host, certified life dating and relationship coach, trauma professional, and best-selling author, Rihanna Milne. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of Lessons in Life and Love. I am your host and your life and love coach, Rihanna Milne, coming to you every Friday on the Lessons in Life and Love podcast website, as well as on your favorite apps like iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeart, and many other platforms out there. I'm all about helping you transform your life in all areas into one that you're passionate about and to attract and have the life that you desire and the love that you deserve. So we will be covering a lot of topics under life like parenting or career skills, how to have the positive mindset for success, financial issues, anything that pertains to improving and having the life that you really desire. And of course, we're going to talk about many topics under love because I am on a mad mission to change the way the world loves. Anything that helps you to attract that emotionally healthy, evolved and conscious love and help you to avoid toxic, painful relationships. You'll meet volunteers in season two who are going to have laser coaching with me for 15 to 30 minutes on a topic that concerns many of you and hear guest interviews as well as me bring up other topics that I think you would learn a lot from. If you have a personal concern, I invite you to also meet with me for laser coaching. Just reach out to me at rihannamilne at gmail.com and tell me your situation, your deepest desire, and your biggest concerns. So let's dive in, love, angels, and transformers. Today, our show is about helping a beautiful lady move on from painful, toxic relationships to have that life she desires and the emotional love that she deserves. Hello. Hi. Today, we have with us Karen, who is 46 years old from Australia, a beautiful woman that also wants to help change the way the world loves. How are you, Karen? Good. How are you? Great, great. Thank you so much for joining us. I wanted to start out by asking you, what is your deepest concern and your most desired outcome? Deepest concern um, at the moment is to move on from the last relationship that I was in and to make better relationship choices moving forward. Okay, perfect. As we do on this show, I ask my coaching clients to write out their childhood trauma checklist because we make a correlation of how they grew up to what is going on to keeping them stuck in life and love. So Karen filled out this for me and she discovered that she had five childhood traumas. And again, 90% of us have at least one to three. And we'll dive a little bit deeper in what came up for you, what you remembered back in your childhood, Karen, that may be bringing us a correlation to what's going on for you today. The ones that Karen had named, I'll go through them quickly and then we'll break them down was verbal abuse, experiencing emotional abuse or neglect, being part of adoption, foster care, or living with other relatives, and trauma number seven, which is personal trauma, and then number eight, which was sibling trauma. So breaking that down, what can you tell us about verbal abuse in your household? Was that something you witnessed or was there verbal put downs on your end that you had heard? Go into that a little bit deeper. 
Yeah, so it was more um, on put downs and probably not, probably not as much of a loving environment growing up. Not a lot of emotional support, a lot of not being able to express emotions and feelings. So you didn't hear the words, I love you? Not very often, no, no, very, no. Oh, very rarely. Okay. Mm. Did you also witness your parents fighting and yelling a lot or was it just mostly a quiet household? No, quiet households. Okay. You weren't hearing those verbal love affirmations, compliments very often? No, no. Okay. Second was the emotional abuse or neglect. Was there any obvious neglect, like your parents needing to work a lot and then you'd come home to an empty house? Is there anything that comes up for you that you remember? No, 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 nothing like that where they, you know, um, neither of them weren't home or, or worked or away from the home. Just, again, that feeling of being, was it sadness or just emptiness? That, where, where would an you emptiness and it, Yeah, probably an emptiness and a sadness, um, a disconnect, I guess. Okay, uh, perfect. Mm. Okay. And trauma number six, were you, were you adopted part of foster care or did you need to live with other relatives? Yes, when I was about oh, 13, uh, mm. my sister and I were sent away from home because of conflict. And, um, and we were made uh, wards of the state and we had to stay in like youth hostels for a, a period of time. Uh, how long did that end up happening for? That uh, was probably for about a period of two years off and on. So, mm, so from that's 13 to 15. Time. Yeah, mm. that's a very long time, a very vulnerable ages. Yes. <laughs> and what was that conflict? Was it between mom and dad or were they struggling financially? Do you know the reasons? No, it was between my sister and I and our parents. There was arguments and um, we would run away from home mm -hmm. and when they called the police, the police would find us and then they would put us in like a girl's home. Wow. We'd actually go to family court and get put in a girl's home for a period of time where we weren't, I guess we were in effectively a youth prison. So That's very <laughs> traumatic. <laughs> yeah. It's very traumatic for you. That's big, deep abandonment there. And when there was the abandonment one, you did not mark that one. But see, that's like emotional abandonment. When, oh, okay. when you are torn from your family, that's emotional abandonment. And that's very, very traumatic for you at, at that vulnerable age. So with abandonment, there's fault and no fault. I would call that a false abandonment. A no example of no fault would be you know, if the parent dies early or if they go off to war. But this was a false abandonment. They could have chosen another route to, mm. you know, did they try counseling as a family at all? To we did try counseling. And I guess I always felt that it was our fault because we, we ran away. We, in my eyes, they were doing that to kind of punish us for doing the wrong thing. Mm. Well, remember, there's a reason children run away, right? Mm. And if you had that loving, peaceful environment and bond with mom and dad from growing up, children don't run away from that type of a household. And you can't put the blame on yourself. When your children really, you're victims of your environment, you do the best that you can. There's coping mechanisms. So maybe you're lashing out. And I don't know all the reasons because we're just meeting now. But perhaps that, that this would go a lot deeper. You know, why was there the acting out? Were you looking for their attention? Were you looking for them to love you more, you know, or to give you mm. more real love and attention? So that originated for some reason way back in the beginning. Do you remember the age where you might have become rebellious? That's was that 13 years old? 
I was at 13. Mm. Okay. And then was your sister older or younger than you? She was at eight months older. A little older. Okay. Mm. So she might have started and you followed in the footsteps a little yes. bit as little sister. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough lesson to teach you. I would also call that an abandonment. And that comes up very clearly for me in your dating situation. That's why I was wondering, was there any abandonment? And this is, it's emotional abandonment. The personal trauma, did that exist in the home and at the school or at this juvenile facility? What did I put down for the personal trauma where you felt not good enough or you might have been bullied or had uh, a medical condition? Yes. So that happened at school, at school bullying. I guess, yeah, at home, it would probably encompass that feeling of not good enough. Personal trauma is the most common for most people where they didn't feel good enough. And very often at school, that was one of mine as well, where you're bullied. And it's amazing how often that happens to many, many people. And then you had sibling trauma. Did your sister get along or did you two fight a lot? My sister and I got along really well, but because there was three of us, my brother and sister used to, we used to be like, you know, two ganging up on one. Okay. And so where teasing brother- and brother and sister ganged up on me most of the time. Hmm. Ah, where'd your brother Even fit? though he's younger. Um, he was younger than you. So you were the middle he child. He was younger. Yeah, I was a middle child. Hmm. Okay. And those two would pick on you. Now, how did he react when you two were sent away to the center? I'm not sure because I, I don't ever know. No, I never spoke to him about it or heard how it affected him. I mean, did you come back home at 15? We did, yes, yeah. Oh, I and did, and my sister didn't. Mm. Oh, your sister didn't. She moved on. She moved on, yeah. Okay. How were things for you once you got home? I left school and I started a job and that seemed to shift my relationship with my parents. Okay. Um, I was a bit more independent and you know, um, had my money. I don't know if that all seemed to change and seemed to shift from then on. So you became super responsible, probably earning money so you could move out of the house mm. as quickly as yes. you could. <laughs> okay. And you got married fairly young. Yes. Yes. So my first relationship started when I was 16 so, mm-hmm. and we moved in together when I was 19. Yes. A lot of relationships that start super young in the marriage or moving together is to get out of the primary home, get out of the family home. And that person might have been the one that you feel like, okay, he's my better option. This is love. And you were probably so starving for that love because it just didn't come from your parents. So this was the first example of love. And you're like, yes, I want this. Mm. Does that kind of have that felt? That's, yeah. Okay. And that marriage lasted how long? Nine years. Nine years. Okay. Nine years was yeah, together. So yeah, the relationship. Nine years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And his drinking, when did that become an issue for you? It became probably when I got a bit older. So probably when I was in my twenties, when we first met, it wasn't an issue because it, you know, we were all sort of going out in groups and, and drinking. So it wasn't mm-hmm. a problem. But as I got older, it was like, do I really want to be with the person who is last to leave the party, can't speak when they leave the party at the end of the night. It was just, yeah, it just. Exactly. Okay. And how long in between did you meet your second partner? I think it was about two years. And then you married and you had your daughter? My daughter, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and was there any addiction in your family of origin? Mom or dad have any type of addiction? No, none that I'm aware of. And the first partner was only ended due to drinking. There was no cheating, right? 
No, no. Okay, only the second time, the second partner. And that became almost addiction because this was a constant relationship that he was in over time. Yes, yeah, which started when I was pregnant. Mm. Which is also very painful at that point. Did he want the child? Did he want to have a family? He did, yes, yeah. And then I, you know, I guess he felt like he'd found a better option. And the hurtful thing was that he couldn't be honest about it. And then right. I kept asking him, is this what's happening? If you don't want to be in this relationship, just say, let me know. And he would just do the gaslighting, you know, you're starting an argument, you're making up stuff, you're, you know, and then there was never, it was never, there was never an honest dialogue about any of it. Was there also verbal and emotional, well, obviously the yes. emotional abuse and the yeah. verbal abuse yeah. was there as well. Okay. Yeah. And then the fact that he moved very close to you and continued the verbal abuses yes. your daughter was growing up. Did that get any easier for you and your daughter through time? For me, it's become easier because I've been able to just disengage from it. Okay, good. Um, and just treat it like a business relationship, just That's the right. facts. and Which I call be socially polite as if they're a stranger. Yes. socially polite if you have to be in the <laughs> presence that's about it um, and then the third partner you were single for six years and then you moved on to a third partner and you were together in, for about five years or about four years uh, about, about four years yeah so okay and you want to say a little bit about that one? Oh, look um that's the one i'm probably struggling to move on from at the moment and i guess we were introduced through friends so that mm-hmm. made it a, a lovely introduction is in you had someone who knew knew him, knew his background, and he was a really very kind, very giving, very loving person, but also a little bit closed off right. emotionally. So he, he, it was very hard to get him to open up. He was, you know, very reserved person. And we had a lovely few years together. We enjoyed the same things. I thought the same values and temperament. But during that time, he had been separated, but hadn't divorced and mm-hmm. hadn't had any financial settlement. So. As time went on, that concerned me more and I guess I got anxious and started to question, are you in this? What's happening? Where's the future? And any time I brought up the future, he would tend to shut me down yes. or feed me in next year or the year after and it never eventuated into anything. Okay, so what I'm seeing in the three patterns of the people that you chose is due to the fact that your first family home was not very loving, especially the relationship of the first man you're supposed to fall in love with, which is your father, okay? Mm. As soon as a man showed you some love and attention, you went for it. And I see that you settled. You were attracting men that might have come onto you very fast and furious, giving you a lot of love and attention. And you might have missed a lot of the red flags, like this third Mm. partner, he was separated and the, the wife was still in the family home. My clients would know you never date anyone who's separated, period. There's never a situation and be with someone on the side. Mm. I was even surprised that he introduced his children, knowing that he's still legally married and the wife is still in the family home. He was still paying the mortgage for her. So all his obligations were to the first family. Mm. And yet you were his fun partner on the side. But to me, that shows that you were settling. But the reason for settling and staying in there so long is mostly due to a couple of things. The emotional abuse, the distancing, the verbal. You hung in there a lot longer for the second partner, even though it was verbally abusive, because you wanted the family unit so bad. And I understand Mm. that. I stayed in a bad situation when my daughters were young, but not for long. 
I got out. <laughs> like, there's no way I'm staying in this. This last partner, it's hard for you to give up due to the abandonment issues because you crave that love so much like many of our adult children that had trauma. They crave that love relationship, so they settle. When the people coach with me, they'd rather be single than settle. And they really learn how to do self-love, self-love and respect, and really questioning the partners up front and watching their behavior patterns to see, A, is there a drinking issue? Is that someone who I can trust? Knowing that this man is not yet divorced and he has you, like you said, you found out a few months later, he has somebody else now. But that is the pattern, you see. Mm. So anyone that does not divorce first and then start dating, he's probably likely to move on to the next one when everything settles down to more of a relationship. Or you were asking, rightfully so, when are we going to either move in together or we're going to solidify this as a couple in a family? Well, he didn't Mm. leave his first family. So that's the first one. Right, Karen? So Mm, you want to make sure that you're really astutely aware. And that's what coaching does because the coping mechanisms, your unconscious will always pull you to repairing or what you're used to from the past. Mm. So, you know, you getting love and this one not giving you everything he could emotionally, neither did your mom or dad. So your psyche Mm. sees that as normal. And this is another reason why it's so hard for you to give it up like almost a love addiction. And Mm. when you feel that addiction to somebody, it's like cocaine on the brain. It's the same pleasure center. And you're settling for that instead of saying, hey, I deserve better. I'm moving on from this. I found out you're married. Hell no. No way. I'm moving on. (laughs) I deserve more. And you're a nice person. Goodbye. Good luck. And God bless. But this is not for me. You see, and Mm -hmm. when we're strong within ourselves and when we heal our childhood wounds, we would never settle for something like that, nor would we have any kind of addictive feelings towards, oh, I want this, right? So to Mm -hmm. move forward, to answer your initial question, your deepest desire, we really have to teach you first to be that successful, confident single, clear Mm -hmm. up all the childhood wounds, make sure you don't keep going back to the patterns of men that aren't giving you enough or treating you well enough and not staying. But the first important thing is you have to learn to weed those guys out, right? Yes. And even though they may be charming or attractive, you're asking the questions that are really going to divulge to you, is this an emotionally healthy, evolved person? Evolved Mm. meaning being your highest and your best self, someone with honesty and integrity and doing the right things from the get-go. And as soon as you have any signs of that, then either you enter into coaching right away or you say, this is not working, we're going to have to do something or even separating at that point. As soon as there's verbal abuse or physical abuse, separating at that moment instead of hoping it gets better. The very well-researched document of the cycle of abuse always shows that abuse gets worse. Start small and then there's an apology and then it comes back and it's a little bit worse and then there's the apology and then it gets a little worse. You know, it's a cycle of good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. And it usually just ends up very bad. I lost my best friend that I went to college with. Her name's Corinne by being murdered by her boyfriend. And I swore at that time when I was 25 years old, I would never stick around and tolerate any verbal or emotional abuse. And unfortunately it took me, you know, not witnessing it, but being a part of my loss that I would say I would never tolerate this. 
sometimes it's something major that happens to you where you say, that is it, I'm done. And people who prey on folks that are really wanting love and give love, kind, loving people like you, Karen, right, would be people that might take advantage of you. We want to make sure that you're very strong and knowing exactly what to do and what not to do, who to love and who not to love, because they were both equally important when it comes to making sure you end up with an emotionally healthy partner. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Do you have any other questions for me? No, no, that will, yeah, that will make okay. total sense. Mm. So just so you know, if that's something that you're interested in or our listeners, I do coaching for singles and couples, ridding you of completely these patterns that are mostly unconscious from your past that keep you attracting, we call it same person, different face. It's the same yes. type of personality where they're not giving you enough, just like your own father never gave you enough love, but you hung in there and hoped for the best, or you're still craving that person that your conscious knows, I know he's not good for me. He's still married. Mm. He's moved on to the next lady. Like, I know he's not good for me. But that unconscious yearning is a clear indication that those childhood wounds are not cleared up and healed yet. Mm. So the goal would be clear them up, get rid of them, really be very astute when you are out dating who's right, who's not right, and know why. You're going to exactly know why by asking the exact questions that you need, watching the body language, being able to decipher it, knowing what the 10 traumas are. And even though 90% of people have them, being able to discuss that with your future partner, knowing where the sensitivities are, and then together as a team working forward, when something comes up, how you communicate through any sensitivities that may not be healed yet or you might have a little emotional trigger. But believe me, there are a lot less than what you have described to me here. You know, so that's what we want. You're a good person. We want you to have amazing love to move forward within life. And also that whoever you introduce next to your daughter will be a really good man who will be a great example for her moving forward as a father figure, right? Mm, yes, definitely. Mm. Okay. If you should need me further, please reach out. Karen, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with people because, again, this is so common in many folks that come to me. And if you feel out there that you are struggling with someone that you know consciously, you deserve better, then get strong and learn what it is that you need to do to have and attract emotionally healthy and evolved love. Karen, we're going to say goodbye and thank you again while I sign off the end of the show. Thank you. You're welcome. As I said, stories like Karen's are very common. You often see very good people struggling in a very toxic relationship for a long period of time. And you say, why do you just leave them? What is keeping you stuck in this relationship? And unfortunately, this is the dynamic. This is how emotionally healthy, loving people make the mistakes by choosing wrong. And they don't understand how their unconscious is really attracting someone that's not good for them. As soon as you become emotionally strong and trauma does stay stored in the brain and the body, but we get rid of that, we heal that, we make you definitely emotionally and educationally aware on what to do and what not to do, you will definitely find that emotionally healthy evolve an amazing partner and that's what I want you 
Okay, we are wrapping up another show in season two, Lessons in Life and Love. I thank you for tuning in and giving Karen your love and support. And we thank her again for being a volunteer and someone else, part of our tribe, that is on a mission to change the way the world loves. I appreciate you sharing the love and sharing the show to anyone who's struggling with the same problem as Karen is. Also, please take a moment to give the show a five-star rating and comment what you liked about the show. Anything else that you would like to see happen on a interview and laser coaching or a topic that you would like me to bring to the podcast. You can get all show archives on the website, lessonsinlifeandlove.com or on the favorite platform of your choice. Remember, you can reach out to me during the week as well. If you're struggling with an issue, just go to my website, riannamilne.com and fill out the pop-up form and I will be happy to meet with you for one hour to go over your childhood trauma checklist and see how it might be impacting you today in life and love. Okay, love angels and transformers, as always, I am here to help you create that life that you desire and to have the love that you deserve. Have a beautiful and blessed day and a fabulous week. We want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Your personal journey of life and love transformation has only just begun. Go to RihannaMilne.com for more resources. And if you're really ready to take action to improve your life or love situation, apply now for a Life and Love Transformation Discovery Session with Rihanna, a $500 value. Just contact Rihanna with your questions and to tell her your story at RihannaMilne.com. And remember, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve.